you sure you want to know? The story of our podcast is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it was just a happy little tale, if somebody told you we were just your average ordinary podcast, not a care in the world, somebody was probably right. All right, Blue Milk Boys, we're back. Minus Fredo this week. Um, he's currently off fighting coronavirus with his bare, bloodied hands. And he's winning. I just want you to know that. Spencer, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, I don't know. It's a weird question <laughs> oh, to ask, Jesus. isn't it? You just like What's screamed wrong? into the microphone. <laughs> are you ready to like, rock? Are you ready to rock? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, how's your, yeah, how's your self quarantine going? Pretty good. I I applied to work back at Domino's. You know, yikes! Bless my that's heart. Gonna a, that's gonna be a big fat yikes. And the only way I figured I was gonna get hired is if I had open availability all seven days of the week. So you know what that automatically means that whoever doesn't want the closing shift is now it's not my shift. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to support the fam, though. But so far, it's fun to be quarantined because you get to spend time with family. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, and and prepare for the apocalypse. <laughs> so yeah, this <laughs> great. Is, this is the first time we're coming to you guys in a post uh, coronavirus infected world. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Got some wild. It's just a wild time that we're living in, but it's made a bunch of us a uh, shut-ins, and now we have all the free time in the world to watch content. And if you are just now tuning into the podcast, if you've seen what we've been doing on social media, you know this is a very special episode for us this week. Obviously, we're going to talk about the new episode of Clone Wars, but um, the new project that we're going to be starting now is we are going to be doing Spider-Man. It's it's Spider-Man month on Blue Milk Boys, even though uh, it's probably going to last like more than a month because there's a bunch of movies that we need to talk about, but... I'm very, very excited. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2002 Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Are you excited, Spencer? I love these movies for everything that they are. So, it's I've as a kid, I watched them nonstop because I had all the DVDs. And as a kid, I used to just rewatch DVDs all the time. But I guess that's oh, what yeah. happens when like TV isn't really a thing like it is now. Yeah, you can't. You don't really know when your show is going to be on, or like whatever is on network television yeah. doesn't really interest you. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Sam Raimi's Spider Man, the original, the Godfather of all comic book movies. Um, very excited to talk about that. But real quick, Spence, let's just let's just get it right out of the way. Clone Wars, I think it was actually good this week. I want you. Uh, we're going to change up the formula a little bit. I want you to break down the episode. <laughs> um, to be honest with was, you, I barely know, but I'll, I'll give you the. So, the Bad Batch is there. Yes. And Echo. And mm-hmm. Mace Windu's there for some reason. And they have a discussion about it. <laughs> and I guess everything's good. So, they go on a ship. And they shoot a bunch of droids. And then... Echo hacks into something because he, I guess, he knows the mainframe now for some reason, and it almost goes awry, but it doesn't. And then the <laughs> sniper guy, like, there's a really weird sequence where the guy says, "I'll hold him back," and then he just shoots all four of the droids in front of everyone, and then he just <laughs> stands there, 
and the, as they run away, and then he just catches up with them immediately. Because I thought he was going to sacrifice himself, but it, that's not the case. <laughs> no one ever dies. No, I don't know why he said I'll catch up with you guys if they like watched him kill all the remaining droids. But anyways, <laughs> he then sets up a bunch of these like reflector shots, and then he does it, and it kills a bunch of droids. Oh and yeah, and then and then apparently whatever they did on that ship was like good for whatever reason yes and then they have a discussion and echo decides to go with the bad batch and it's just not dramatic at all and then finally this uh this arc is over thank god we're done with the bad hopefully the bad batch just goes away it was just a very disappointing arc to kind of start the uh the final season of Clone Wars, just because it just didn't really measure up to clone-centered arcs of the past, and it kind of just didn't really take any risks creatively, and it was kind of very predictable. Um, I thought this episode was much better. Like, as far as like, would you say it's the best of the ones we've seen so far? Sure, why not? That's a really <laughs> low bar to clear. I just thought it was, you know, I thought. Echo joining the Bad Batch was a cool moment. I think um, a bunch of the stuff with Mace Windu. I think Anakin's like Anakin like kills Trench, which is wild. I think you just see. I, I love when they when they tease Anakin's turn in this, just because it makes the shit we see in Revenge of the Sith a lot more believable. You know what I mean? Trent? Trench was the the Trench was the admiral for the droids, the fucking spider guy. Right, he died. Yeah, he got super killed by Anakin. If you'll if you'll recall the episode that you just watched 15 minutes ago. You know what they say, you kill the general of the droid army, next step is just murdering children. It's a, I mean, yeah, it's a natural you kill progression. Blood, and then like I think that's like the next rung on that ladder of like galactic supremacy is just you know, kill a general when you don't need to and then um kill every child in the Jedi temple. It's just like, those are like next to each other. I see no <laughs> steps in between that. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll probably see more and more of Anakin, like kind of getting pushed more and more towards the dark side uh, over the course of this season. So it's going to do more and more of like uh, bandaging the damage done by revenge of the Sith. So I appreciate seeing stuff like that. I appreciate like, if I have a, like the... if I have like a, hmm. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say if they have like a creative, if I can put a creative suggestion in for the rest of the uh, this the season, they should just inject Jared Leto's Joker just right into the middle of the plot. <laughs> I can't, I can't exactly tell you why, I because I don't know myself, but I just feel like it's the appropriate thing to happen. I'm not gonna kill the droids. I'm just gonna <laughs> hurt them, real, real bad. Let me let me pull pull some Jared Leto Joker clips real quick. I just I just want like a I just want to see what a pre-render of what of, of what it would look like like him standing next to Anakin or something like that. Is there any line from Joker in Suicide Squad that you remember that isn't that one where he's talking about hurting Harley? I just have like a horrifying image of him with a tattoo of the face on his mouth that he just covers his hand. That's all I remember from his performance, to be honest with you. God damn, I'm just watching clips of that right now from like Suicide Squad, and it's just all so bad. He turned on like a hip hop, like 
like fucking pimp joker it's just so terrible and we <laughs> talked about like we talked about how much we thought he probably thought that he was just like killing it after every scene <laughs> and just like staying in character like even after the scene <laughs> if can you, you guys um... feel the energy <laughs> <laughs> If you um, did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I didn't. There's, there's a part of it where Leo's character will like go to his trailer after filming a scene, and he just like has a meltdown, with, like he's like all washed up. <laughs> I feel like the exact opposite was going on in Jared Leto's trailer. He's like he gets to his trailer, he just like he just like rips his shirt off, and he's like, "You're fucking killing it out here." <laughs> Puts his hand in front of his face because the tattoo's still there. That's all I want. That's all I want. He's practicing his Joker laugh, and he's just—he's not. He's he's like laying on the floor, like, and you could hear from outside the trailer. And everyone—it's like his producer is like getting ready to walk in and like talk to him about the next scene, and he just hears that and he goes, "Yeah, I'll come back. I'll come back in an hour." It's call time. Call time for like filming that day is like six a.m. So he comes to his like trailer at four in the morning. And it's like he's just like practicing his Joker laugh while people are trying to like put makeup on his face. <laughs> They're trying to like very delicately draw the tattoo on his face, and he's just like scream laughing and just like maniacally shaking in the chair. <laughs> just because he's so excited for the scene. Oh, oh what man. an awful, awful, awful iteration of the Joker. Anyway, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. <clears throat> We're finally like the only thing we won't talk too long about the episode. Just it was a good episode. Um, I'm glad that this arc is over. Um, we're finally moving on to uh, Ahsoka's story, and I honestly hope it dominates the rest of the season because I think it will. Honestly, because the trailers that we've seen, it's kind of only shown the Bad Batch stuff and the Ahsoka stuff. So I think that might be the only like two arcs we get in this entire season. What do you think? How many episodes are left? Um, eight. Eight, I, I think, think they're going to go four, four, four. So four I episodes like for Ahsoka that. and then four, but we don't know. I would not like that. Honestly, well, uh, I don't think any of us have liked this season much at all. So <laughs> no, we have not. Um, but yeah, so I think, I'm just trying to get you set up for that. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, I think the Ahsoka arc will be good. Ahsoka is a good character, and we've all been really like really like waiting on you know bended knee to see how you know, what the fallout after her leaving the Jedi Order was going to be and how she was going to get woven back into this story. So um, highly anticipated arc that we're about to embark on here. But final thoughts on Clone Wars. Best of the uh, season so far. I'll give it a solid seven and a half out of ten. I'll give it a five just because it was like barely interesting. But uh, <laughs> on, on the topic of Ahsoka... Mace Windu was in this one. That's why you said that's why you're giving it a five. It could have been. It probably was a seven and a half. Minus Mason would be. It's um, probably a seven and a half for you. <laughs> but Ahsoka is just like a really piece, important piece to all this because she's such a massive character in Rebels, and we know that she's still alive, like in Rebels at that point. So, like the things leading up to that point are important to know about. I agree. We got to see where she was all this time, you know. But between the time that, like, you know, Revenge of the Sith happens, and then we see by the time we see her in Rebels, I would like to know, like, kind of, you know what she was up to and, and how she gets set on that path. So I'm excited to uh, embark on this, this particular area of the story. Clone war. Good. Do better. Keep going. Let's do it. All right.
we're, we're we're chugging right along. I miss Fredo, man. I hope he's okay. <laughs> he is. We're okay. getting ready to go on two K together, so it's gonna be sick. Yeah, we'll we'll be brothers. Sure, we'll in be arms on 2K that stuff during the quarantine. Yeah, I'm getting a bunch of work done at my house right now, and so I'm kind of displaced at the moment. But as soon as I do get back in, uh, streaming stuff is gonna be a priority. Yeah, I'm just getting my bearings too because. In the middle of this pandemic, I'm also updating my app, so it's been like a really weird time to kind of do all this stuff. But we'll, we'll get back on that. track. Everyone's just doing their chores, <laughs> just all the stuff that they. Well, everyone's just like, yeah, everyone's condensing bills and stuff. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Everyone Honestly, has to. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Stay safe out there, folks. Um, I'm sure we'll get Fredo back when there's less star wars to talk about <laughs> because i feel like Probably. that's one of the biggest reasons he's not here this week um but yeah let's do it man let's move on to spider-man i've been really excited to start this project i've been on a heavy heavy comic book kick lately i've been reading a bunch of stuff um spider-man and batman primarily um and so i was just like dude let's just let's run through all the movies even the bad ones so we're here man we're here talking about 2002 Spider-Man, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco. Again, I called. I said earlier, this is the Godfather of all comic book movies. This is what started it all, right? You got to say, you got to think. Yeah, it's what made superhero movies cool. Um, so this was the first time I had like fully rewatched the movie in its entirety in quite a long time. Um, when was the last time you watched this? The first Spider-Man. Gosh, it's no, been a long time too. Yeah, yeah. Huh? since you had like seen it last. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I I watched the second and third one a lot though. Like I've seen those two yeah, like yeah. quite recently. But They're the first one accessible. not as much. Oh, for Spider-Man, sure, it's hard to find the first one. Spider-Man 2 has been on Hulu for a minute and I know Spider-Man 3 is currently on Netflix, so yeah, yeah it's, it's much just easier a cult to classic for those, so. All right, but uh but how did it hold up? Because I know it's probably your first time watching it in a few years, so I wanted to see how it held up for you. I just love it for I, the reason I love these movies more than like maybe they're even worth is because I know Stanley loved these particular like Stanley had to live through the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, and he probably cried in his sleep every night. Yeah, but lived these this one, movies. yeah. So he and there was like even press conferences about it and stuff like that where he was just so happy to be working with Tobey Maguire and. This is like the first time his dream was envisioned on the big screen. So that's like my first initial reactions. Just when I watch it, whenever I do, because he just liked it so much. It really does just feel like this is the start of comic book movies. This is like because they had had comic book movies before this, you know, like, but it doesn't feel like you don't acknowledge them. We don't recognize them. I feel like this was like the big bang for comic book movies. It kind of just sent all of that like energy out of the universe and made it like, oh, this is a thing, you know, I don't think i've ever watched a superhero movie in full prior to spider-man yeah the problem was is that superhero movies before tried to get the entire character in one movie and that was never the plan for sam raimi which helped the movie tremendously um honestly like so i will say on my first watch like it's very clear that uh the passage of time has weathered this movie down just a little bit, but it's also it kind of just like whether or not that like actually takes away from the movie for you. I kind of think depends on how you feel about Sam Raimi's directing style, because anything that kind of seems dated is 
kind of just elements of like what his style is you know what i mean he's like a campy horror director and a lot of the the stuff that kind of sticks out now that probably didn't as much back then uh is because of like the element of camp that sam raimi included into these movies i think it's charming and i think it's endearing and it makes me like the movie a little more i know a lot of people get really uppity about it he just likes to inject fun into his movies like like physical fun i don't know i that's the best way i can describe it for some reason like it's it's something that you just enjoy sitting down and watching it's not something like that the humor just ingrains itself into the cells of your body it's like okay this is supposed to be this is like fun like you're having a good time watching this it was also kind of like the overarching theme of all of it it was also like smack in the middle of an era where people treated comic book movies as like they had like an existing script for something that was probably like a completely different movie. And then someone just came along and been like, oh, this could be X superheroes origin movie or whatever, right? Because we just yeah. like uh Cosmonaut Variety Hour on YouTube, fantastic YouTube channel. You should guys you guys should check them out. Just did a video on Catwoman, the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. Mm-hmm. That movie has absolutely nothing to do with any of the Catwoman comics. Oh. So and it came around right it came out right around the same time as that as Spider-Man and like the Daredevil movie and it's like what Spider-Man did was like it inspired like pretty much every comic book movie in the immediate aftermath of Spider-Man tried to capture that same essence of like that kind of campy silliness but it didn't really have the heart in it that Sam Raimi put into it because Sam Raimi really did like you could see how much he loved Spider-Man and you you see that he had a clear like direction that he wanted to take this movie in and it wasn't just something that they kind of just slapped on like midway through the pre-production process and like hey this is going to be spider-man and then you're kind of just like you know left trying to like piece stuff together like you can very clearly see the the passion put into this yeah the source material is pretty straight up i mean the the outline of spider-man's origin story i mean they change a little bit things here and there like the webs come straight from his hands and stuff like that. Like that's probably just used to save time, you know, like it, Honestly, for scenes. This but, is a really, well but that's like not even a huge difference. I was going to get into that a little later, but I can talk about it now is that like comic book movies are never going to be 100% faithful to the source material. It's just not a realistic expectation to have. And so I think it's super and like just completely and utterly pointless when people get upset about it. Like, it happens a lot more with um, the MCU Spider-Man movies in which like more so could be like, cause Tom Holland's Peter Parker doesn't talk about uncle Ben much at all, you know? And people get really right. pissed about that. Do you know that? I'm glad he doesn't dude. Cause otherwise like, we'd have a Ben Affleck's Batman and I don't want that. Just Spider-Man like, at all. like just let him like rest in peace. And so people think that he's like purposefully ignoring uncle Ben. It's like, it's just a different interpretation of the character. And it's the same exact thing with the fact that Peter Parker's webs in the Raimi movies come out of his fucking body. Like that's never happened. That's never been like a thing, you know? Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine for this movie. It's fine for this interpretation of the character. And there's no reason to get upset about it. In fact, like it set such a precedent, like after people watched this movie, that's what like most people thought how Spider-Man like shot his webs. They thought it came from his body. Like people just did not know that he like invented the web shooters like after he got the powers, because like that's very, probably what in, you thought. In right? The nineteen sixties comic did it too. I mean, I th- 
Yeah, for the most part. Um, but yeah, the 1960s cartoon, he, it was also the same case. So it's just a time saver for storytelling plot because it's not that important. It, yeah, it's the same thing was like, oh, there's like little fibers on his fingers that let him stick to walls and stuff like it's like it's all just like you can't like view it through the context of the comics every single time. You have to let story like you have to let Plus creators like, tell yeah. their own stories. Because there's 60,000 comics about Spider-Man 2 anyways, so it's not like you can... And you can't stick to the OG OG because those topics aren't even relevant anymore most of the time. No, of course not. And I was just, Yeah, so... I, I don't think... So that, that actually plays into like the pacing of the movie for me. Because you're talking about it like they're doing it to save time because we don't have time to see him like workshop... Like fitting an entire part of the movie about him workshopping like different types of web shooters and stuff like that. Like this is a good way to tell that story. It's like things were rapidly happening to Peter and he was developing like all of these powers and all of these like new things were happening to him at such a rapid rate. And so I think it like it plays into how well paced the movie is. That's something I really noticed because this movie's like two hours long and it, it fits a lot of stuff into it and it doesn't feel rushed at all to me. How did you feel about the the pacing? No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the the movie just feels like you're going on a journey too, which I think is really great. Like you kind of feel like the excitement of being Spider-Man like with Peter Parker. And that's probably my favorite part of the movie just in general. It's like he's freaking out that he has powers and like I am too. Like I think it's cool. Like you want to be that character. It's just it's just impressive that the movie is like legit like just over 2 hours long. And there are so many clearly defined like storytelling like acts. There are so many like there's like this is like four or five act movie and everything is like pretty clearly defined and it doesn't feel like you just smushed a bunch of stuff together and everything is like woven very intricately in and out you know what i mean and i like the parallelism that they had with you know every time you see peter develop something and hit like with his powers and his experience you saw something with norman osborne like something happens to him that pushes him further towards being a supervillain I was like that kind of stuff really I really appreciate it. and there's just specific moments like Raimi memes is like a really like it's like a rising subculture on the internet now and this is like one of the most potent movies for the Raimi memes obviously it's just like and and it just it makes this movie more endearing to me honestly the I, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself meme is like one of my favorite like <laughs> memes to see out in the wild it's been very pertinent since the all of the COVID-19 stuff but What's your favorite Raimi meme? My favorite one? Mm-hmm. It's it's a... What's it called? It's when he screams. I don't even know what the context of it is or what movie it's from. I think it's from 3. Toby, like the Tobey Maguire scream face? He's just screaming. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. I think that's from Spider-Man 2. I think it is too. <laughs> Do you know what the the like the new one is? Like the the newest that? one that they yeah. Like, what's the what's the big one? <laughs> the one that's like polluting the the Raimi memes subreddit right now is just uh, the screen cap of Peter's fight with Flash Thompson in like the first twenty minutes of the movie, and it's just the one where yeah. Flash is saying, "Yeah, I wouldn't want to fight me neither," and it's just people using it in a variety <laughs> of different. Oh, I know what it's your just favorite so funny that they're <laughs> your favorite Raimi meme is Pizza Time. 
Well, I will say for any of the listeners, when I used to open at Domino's in high school, <laughs> I would I would play the Spider-Man game pizza theme like for the entire hour. I was in the store by myself my, on loop. Um, my favorite one is uh, Harry saying, I have nothing left except Spider-Man. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I do like that one, too. Oh, man, it's just I don't know, man. Everything that you kind of can say about this movie has pretty much been said. And I I I guess I kind of want to shift it into kind of the the conversation around this movie in 2020. It's been 18 years since this movie came out. How did like and there's been a lot of pushback on, you know, people saying that these movies are not as good, these movies are overrated, they're just like people just kind of like are romanticizing them or being overly nostalgic about them. How do you feel about that? About people being nostalgic about these movies? No, just saying that like they're not as good as everyone says they are, and the people who are saying that they're good are being overly nostalgic. Oh, well, those people probably haven't watched the movies. <laughs> That's all I pretty much have to say. Like if you can't if you like don't watch these movies, you're not entertained, then you like seriously just don't like to laugh and enjoy watching movies. I do you know they're who nostalgic is? is? Yeah, I do. So he recently, he's going through all of these right now. And it was like pooing all over this movie, essentially. It's like, right. again, like part of the, char- like I said earlier, part of the charm in like whatever you may think comes off as like cringy dialogue or something like that, that literally is just the way Sam Raimi directs movies. And it's the way he wants his characters to talk. And I feel like there's a lot of like instances people talk about like, oh, there are some frames in which characters who are like, who don't have any like, or they've finished their dialogue for the scene, they kind of just like look bored or like they don't know what to do. And so they kind of just like weirdly like fade out of the shot and like walk away. And it's like the one where that's most pertinent is um, when Peter and Harry and all of them graduate high school. Mm. Um, Norman goes to congratulate Harry and he's like, you proved me wrong. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. But then he goes to Peter and he's much more enthusiastic to talk about Peter graduating and winning the science award or whatever. Right. And then like Harry is like, oh, okay, I guess he's just going to talk to Peter now. And he like kind of like shyly like moves out of the frame. But I feel like that's kind of like a purposeful thing because it kind of demonstrates Harry's like, oh, he's like much more interested in talking to Peter. And the way he like moves off screen was kind of like embolic of that. It's, it's more of a nuanced thing that I noticed, but it's like, I feel like some people just don't understand the movie <laughs> like i feel like they just like every time you see something that may be kind of cringy or si- seems silly it's probably fucking like they probably did that on purpose you know what i mean superhero movies first of all aren't made to be looked at under a microscope because that's not the point of the movie and yeah. i'm sh- yeah sure i mean we could go frame by frame for any movie and find stuff we don't like it's just kind of natural so if you want to look back at some like action movie from 2003 and break it down by the way people look in a certain scene i mean you'll just find problems all over the place another issue i had with the nostalgia critic video about this movie was like they're like pooing all over the cgi like dude the movie came out 18 years ago i say the movie looks pretty good for 18 years ago i think i think some of the cgi is obviously it sticks out and just like oh that's very clearly cgi and it's kind of disorienting but even like as a kid i always kind of liked those cgi sections because it made me feel like i was like watching a video game so even the bad cgi i still kind of like 
And the next ones are really good too. I remember two and three. I mean, I'm, I'm sure yes. they're not as good as I like purposely remember them, but I remember I saw two like not too long ago. I'm thinking, wow, for the year this came out, it's pretty awesome. Like it still has the it still has like a charmed look to it. That's not like, oh, this is bad. That's all I'm saying, man. You gotta consider where we were at with computer generated stuff at the time. It's like, what yeah, did you, you really, what do you yeah. really expect when you watch this movie from 18 years ago? Yeah, and if you want to know how bad it can look, like noticeably bad, like go look at the first Spawn movie that came out, like the live action Spawn Ugh. movie. That yeah. was like when they were in hell, that was noticeably bad. This isn't, this is like, okay, I can, that's pretty good for when it came out. <laughs> or look at the movies that came out immediately after this, like Catwoman and Daredevil. <laughs> exactly. Dude, the Catwoman, Catwoman stuff is bad, dude. That budget, like they had a hundred million dollar budget for that movie and looks awful. But yeah, man, That's it's just, just a, I don't know how that movie was made. I just I, I think what the issue is with this movie for me is like the discourse around it is that like everything kind of gets it makes everything like put up on a microscope with the Tom Holland movies, the the MCU movies. I just really like wish we could just let them be separate. Because I feel like everything like just because it's not sim as similar enough to these movies everyone wants to call like Tom Holland, Spider-Man, like Iron Man Jr. and stuff like that. And it just, it really grinds my gears, Spence. It really does. Not a fan. It's quickly becoming like one of the most toxic kinds of discourses that you can have online. It's like, it's like my, I think I might hate it more than like Raylo stuff. Or just any kind of like Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker kind of discourse. You should tweet about it online and see what people say about that. I'm mad. <laughs> Any other Listen, random thoughts? <laughs> Listen. Um, no, I mean, um, I remember the game that came out for this was really good too. It was like a, it was like a modern rendition of the PS One classic game, and mm-hmm. they did a great job. So everything just around this game, they were just on fire. Like it kind of all came in a package. Yeah, man, it just, it just worked. Everything they did kind of just. Worked the right way at the right time and i appreciate this movie a lot and i i always come back to this movie it's just a really like you have to like to fully get the scope of like because i'm excited to watch spider-man 2 after this because i feel like to fully get the scope of how you know how much that movie like resonates emotionally it really is dependent on you being endeared to these characters in the previous movie Obviously, you want to be able to make a sequel movie that like can stand on its own, but I think it it'll it'll work best when you have that kind of stuff in mind. So I'm really excited to watch Spider Man too because this will be the first time I've watched it, like ha- having you know its predecessor pretty fresh in my brain. It's it's regarded as one of the best uh, superhero movies ever. So I'm curious to see you know how true that is. <laughs> I, I I haven't watched it. I don't think within the year, but it was like probably just a little past a year since I've seen it last. So I'm like hyped to kind of dig deep into this thing. All right, guys. So to wrap up this week's episode, we are going to preliminarily rank all of the Spider-Man movies, and then once we finish going through all what seven of these movies, I'm going to seven movies, eight, nine, who knows? Anyway. Once we uh, finish, we'll actually re-rank them, see if anything shifts or changes upon uh, second viewing. So, Spencer, that being said, 
let's hear your ranking. How many movies do we have on here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies. All right. What's your number eight? So we're t- we're ranking them, not tearing them. Yeah, ranking them. So you have to have them in. Okay. Yeah, I told you like number so the, rank. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the, the by far the worst one is an I, from what I think in my mind now is the Amazing Spider-Man two. My number eight is also the Amazing Spider-Man two. Just a complete dog shit movie. I really it's hate just it. So bad, dude. I can't wait to rewatch it just so I re- can remember how bad it is because I kind of forgotten the movie. I think it's also like really long. I just think those movies think are so offensive. Those movies are just so offensive because Sony like goes out of the way to get like good creative people to work on these movies and then they just like just shit all over them and just not let them do anything cool. Which is exactly what happened in the Amazing Spider-Man movies because Andrew Garfield was like super passionate about playing Peter Parker and playing Spider-Man and they just like let like made him the shittiest version of the character that has ever existed. A hipster um, who's not even like the nerd at all, dude. It's like you can't even you can't even show his Peter Parker getting bullied because he's too like tall and handsome. So it's like you <laughs> yeah, just have someone him. that handsome would never be bullied. You shouldn't have you shouldn't have even like had him in high school. Have him being a young professor, just getting shit on by the world. You know what I mean? Like have him be in college. Right. Anyway, what's your number seven? The Amazing Spider Man. <sighs> Agreed. The most offensive thing that movie ever did was just like his entire reason for becoming Spider-Man is because he wants to kill the guy who killed Uncle Ben. That makes me that, so mad. You know, the entire the whole thing is that, you know, that um, what's called Emma Spoon and Andrew Garfield were just boofing in their trailers like through <laughs> every five minutes like, were, through that movie. And it's, just, it's like overtly noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> All they do is just like. They were just like they were on set and just like, okay, guys, I need you to go for about five minutes just to talk about gushy relationship stuff, and then just and then we'll we'll fix it in post or whatever. We'll just kind of cut it in between all the important scenes. <laughs> all right, uh, what are we number six? Yeah, this is a tough one. Are you still kind of deliberating on it? I just. Spider-Man Far From Home. Whoa. That's crazy. I fucking love Far From Home. Hmm. You're about to tell me Spider-Man 3's... Wait, why so low? It's not that... I mean, at this point, all the movies are fun and good to watch, so it's kind of hard. It's kind of weird to say that it is number six. It just... The movie did feel a little inconsequential, and it was kind of like one not uh, Bradley Cooper performance away from being like bad. What if that makes Bradley? sense. Who, not Bradley Cooper. Who 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 played um, Mysterio? Jake Gyllenhaal? That's sorry. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. I feel like it was one Jake Gyllenhaal performance away from like being bad. Yeah, but he was in the movie. So you don't have to worry about what it would have been like if he wasn't in the movie. I know, I'm just saying it felt like a linchpin type of thing. Like, wow, like Without him being like that good in the in the role, then the movie just the movie just felt kind of bland. Sure. Okay. Um, mine is uh, Spider Three. Yeah. It's just it's too ridiculous. It just I and I I just feel bad because I can't watch that movie without knowing how badly they fucked over Sam Raimi and how he just like did not want to do Venom. 
he just did not want to do Venom at all. And they just forced him to. And it kind of just like, because you had the makings of a good movie. It's like, I can live with the Uncle Ben retcon and Sandman and stuff like that. If that was kind of just the main focus and then you kind of have the Harry subplot at the end. Like I can I can get down with that as a as a concept, but just like shoehorning Venom in, in just the most ridiculous and just like nonsensical ways, that really kind of just takes it away from like you really can't understand like the direction that this movie is going in. Um, all right, Spence, what's your number five? It's Spider Man Three. Mm, same reasons. It's a fun movie to watch, definitely. It's fun. It's just yeah. I mean, I, I just I just enjoy watching the movie. Not that it's like it's definitely not a just good movie in general. It's just like a great movie to watch with friends. The hilarity of it. Yeah, We've, I like. There's this Netflix extension now, or like this Google Chrome extension that lets you like watch Netflix as like a party. So we're definitely going to do that for Spider Man Three. We'll, <laughs> we'll watch it as amazing a for. Yeah, with Nick's chat, that'd be amazing. Yeah. All right, um, mine number five is Spider-Man. I fucking love this movie. I just gushed about it for like 20 minutes, but I do like the rest of these a little bit more, at least a little bit more, ranging from a little bit to a lot more. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I don't think I have anything bad to say about the rest of these movies that we're going to talk about. Um, Spencer, you're number four. Yeah, Spider. I, I agree. It's Spider Man. Mm-hmm. It's just. Right. It's getting tough. It's getting real tough at this point. It's a, It's this is where this is where boys become men here. <laughs> right. You got to make the tough decisions. Um, my number four is Spider Man Homecoming. I really like Spider Man Homecoming. I think it's really like I think if you weren't like already like endeared to Tom Holland, Peter Parker, through Civil War. And I've talked a lot about how he was introduced. I think was that I was talking with you about it, how like the comparison between um, Tony Stark meeting Peter Parker and then Bruce Wayne meeting. uh, What's his face? What's the Flash's name? Barry Allen uh, in Justice League. Have I talked to you about that? Like the parallels yeah. between that scene, yeah. So, like when when you meet uh Tom Holland's Peter Parker, you find out his convictions, why he's doing what he's doing, and like kind of like who he is as a person, right? And then when you watch Justice League and Bruce Wayne meets Barry Allen, you find out that Barry Allen doesn't understand the concept of brunch, and that's pretty much it. That's all you really get from that scene. <laughs> so it's amazing. Um, if you weren't already endeared to Tom Holland's Peter Parker like through that scene and through the stuff that he did in civil war, I think this movie goes way farther and like kind of just, you know, explaining, you know, this different version of Peter Parker. And I think, um, showing the kind of person that this, this Peter Parker is. And I really, really like that. And I really liked how grounded all of the MCU Spider-Man movies feel because they do feel like they're just an open and closed book story. And that takes place in the greater like that is ramified by the, like greater MCU events that are going on. Cause obviously both Spider-Man MCU movies have been directly affected by other stuff that's happened in the MCU. And I really like that despite all of that, it's still kind of like its own self-contained story. And I, like, those are kind of like more few and far between now that we get like deeper and deeper into the MCU. So I really like to appreciate them when we do get them. 
I also have Spider-Man Homecoming as my next edition. And what the thing I like the most about this movie. So that's your number three. Is that it was a modern. Yeah, it's it's a it's a modern rendition of Spider-Man as a character. Like he gets picked on, but in a modern way. He's not like the stereotypical, like the school bully is like a popular up. kid who, who boofs on him because he's like a dork. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it's, yeah, it's he like, just gets like verbally assaulted all the time. Yeah, which is like totally how it works, and even like social media and all that kind of stuff. So it's just it, it's a much more it's a relatable within the time context. And I guess like even Spider Man, you can say the same thing about it too. But this was like came out in like 2018 or whatever. Like that's what bullying is in 2018. Dude, yeah, he goes to like a magnet science high school. Like no one's gonna be beating people up and stealing lunch money at a magnet school. So, yeah, like the the only proper form of him getting to like being able to be berated and stuff like that is through that through you know the way they portray it in Homecoming. Um, my number three is Spider Man Far From Home. I really like Spider Man Far From Home. I think we're on number two. No, 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 no. Trust me. Trust me. I, we're on number what? three. I've been keeping. I very... only have two more movies. <laughs> yeah, because Far From Home isn't on there. That's not possible. Yeah, we only have two more movies. Yeah, you just did your number three. Yeah, so yeah, I have right. two more left. Yeah, as do I. Oh, <laughs> we okay? Right. Did I go first? Uh, I believe so. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to it's listen back. Okay, it's a crazy world on. we live in, bud. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hmm. I'm in awe at the things you get confused at sometimes, man. <laughs> I swore. I, I thought you went first. I really did. No, no. I, uh, I'm a gracious host, and I let my guests go first, even though you're also a host sure. on this podcast. Um, yeah, my number three is Spider-Man Far From Home. I really, really like it as just uh, putting Peter, like putting Peter through the ringer as far as his emotions. And testing his convictions, I really like when when we get to see what kind of man Spider-Man is. Um, that's why one of my favorite moments in all of Spider-Man is that scene in Homecoming where he has to like push all the debris off of him. And I really like seeing him put in situations where he has to make tough choices like that. And I like seeing Peter Parker fuck up because that's naturally what a lot of us would do in that kind of situation. He gives, you know, when placed when he's given a multi-billion dollar defense system in a form of like a pair of glasses. Uh, his natural response to that would be, uh, I don't want this responsibility. That's insane. And so he kind of gives it off to someone. He, he, he looks for reasons to trust people or trust Mysterio. And so he feels justified in, in placing the responsibility onto him and it leads to people getting hurt. And I really like that. I really like the, you know, actions and consequences, nature of Spider-Man Far From Home, and then just the end scene where he, like, fully activates his spider sense. I think that was really, like, he just goes, like, Super Saiyan on a bunch of these, like, drones, and it was a really cool sequence. And revealing his identity at the end is an awesome twist that I think is gonna do a really cool, like, play a really cool part in, in his future in the MCU. Far From Home is really good. All right, Spence. Any thoughts? Number two. Number two. Are you going to be argumentative with me about Far From Home? 
Um, I mean, I kind of said my piece, and I we'll probably talk about it more when we after we finish watching the movie. So, all right, number two. Um, number two, Into the Spider Verse. This movie had all of the makings to be not good and also bad. I think these people made the Emoji movie, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so here's the story: is that um, Sony Pictures, Sony Animation Pictures, or whatever, um. They are the people that are responsible for the emoji movie, which is maybe one of the worst movies that have ever been like even conceived or created or thought of. So yeah, like obviously when you see like oh from from the people who brought you the emoji movie, that's obviously a red flag right there. But also at the same time, um you had Lord and Miller who were working on this and they like very creative bunch. Um, they were fresh off the the Hans, like getting fired from the Han Solo movie, and this was kind of their their you know their rebound off of that, and they did a really good job. But yeah, you're you you're definitely right in that there was a lot working against this movie. The fact that it was animation, the fact that it seemed like just Sony capitalizing on having the rights to make Spider Man movies, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it was just a Sony Spider Man movie too, which is horrifying because they were coming off Amazing Spider Man in general. But uh, they found a way to make it work. And it was a unique story. Clearly had a, a great understanding of just the way people understood the character and like the whole internet culture behind Spider-Man. Um, the animation was beautiful. It introduced a whole bunch of new Spider-Mans that people weren't even like uh, familiar with. And, and now just the exciting part is the next movie. Like even just thinking about it because... There's still so many renditions of Spider-Man that we want to see make it like the 90s Spider-Man. We want to see that because that would end on a cliffhanger. So now that seems like a real possibility. We saw Spider-Man 2099 or whatever he's called. Yeah. So and we've seen that in in pieces of media, too. And I'm sure they're going to mix and match like animation styles in the next movie. So. Very exciting stuff. Plus, Miles Morales was the first Miles Morales piece of media that we've ever gotten pretty much too. outside of the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, man. It's it's so good. It's <laughs> Spider-Verse is so good. Um my number 2 is Spider-Man 2. We can talk about that real quick. It's just it's such an emotionally like I said earlier about, you know, the sequencing between 1 and 2. It's it's such an, like it resonates so heavily, you know. And you really kind of just like I think that Toby Maguire, it's probably one of the best parts about Toby Maguire is that he's very able like accurately able to display the struggle Spider-Man has with making choices and just the consequences that come with every single choice that he makes and how much of a burden being it is to be Spider-Man and be a superhero. He very accurately displays that and it, and it, in a in a realistic way, I think, in a in a way that kind of makes you feel attached to it. And um Doc Ock is a fantastic villain, and I think his entire arc as a villain is really, really good. Um, obviously, we'll go much more in depth on Spider-Man Two next week when we watch it. But, dude, Spider-Man Two is such a fantastic film, and I guess you we'll, we'll let you talk about uh, since it's it's your number one. But yep. I want to get into Spider Verse real quick after you do that. Yeah, I just. I remember like that this was the first like movie that was a little darker, but it wasn't so like emo goth like 
Daredevil was that it was like this is disgusting, and you kind of saw like a little bit of a mature Tobey Maguire, and he was still dealing with all these like serious like moral issues of you know paying like paying rent, but also like not having Spider Man powers anymore, and like that just that kind of balance of do I even want to be Spider Man? Like even if I stop this robbery, there's still going to be another one later in the day. And then he kind of realizes mm-hmm. his place in the world. And I was like, wow, this is like crazy for like, almost like a kid's movie. But by that time, like I was also a little more grown from Spider-Man one, obviously, because they're years apart. So I kind of felt like the movie was maturing as I was, too, in a sense. Yeah, it really does kind of just like test the limits of what. Of what it really means to be a hero. And I think that like when you're when you're a guy like Sam Raimi and you you're passionate enough about a character you get the liberty to kind of deconstruct it and people will it'll show you know if you if you are passionate about a character um and you do attempt to do that kind of deconstructive look at it and and kind of question you know the the fundamental parts of what it means to be spider-man i think people will gradually res like like you know I can't even fucking like I lost my train of thought. Um, they'll revolve around that, and and they'll come, they'll gravitate to that, and that's part of my that's part of like why I have such a big issue with like the DCEU is because they plus they placed it in into the hands of someone who kind of like for is I'm not questioning Zack Snyder's passion about Batman, but it it doesn't seem like he had the kind of understanding of what it means to be Batman as you know pretty much everyone who does like Batman to be able to have the liberty to do a deconstructive look on what it means to be someone like Batman because he clearly doesn't get it if he's going to have Batman like pancaking cars and and blowing people up with grenades that kind of thing so it's it it it's a night and day thing with Raimi and guys like Zack Snyder and so that's why I really appreciate Spider-Man too good movie it's a great movie um um, so my number one is obviously Spider-Verse. Uh, I just, I can't get through this movie at all without crying. I really can't. I can't watch this movie beginning to end and not cry at least one time. Um, it just, it's a, it's a, such a love letter to the, to the character in all forms and facets. And there's just, I think the coolest thing about it is that there's one kind of through line that connects each of these very different iterations of Spider-Man. and it really it really kind of just gets down to the brass tacks of like why people like it so like why people like the character so much and like you said there was every reason for it to not be good like there were there was plenty of reasons to be skeptical but i feel like anyone who looked closely enough was just like the people who are doing this are very clearly like they have a direction they want to take this in. It's not just something to fulfill a contractual obligation to that they have to make a movie every so often to to be able to maintain the movie rights. There's a very clear creative direction here. And they went full-fledged deep into it and they were unapologetic about it. And it like it resonated so much. It didn't resonate at the box office, but everyone who's seen that movie knows that it's a fantastic Spider-Man movie. And it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Bar none. So Spider-Verse. Love that shit. Spencer. Yes. We've just taken our first step into a greater Spider-Man journey.
How are you feeling? Okay, cut out for a second there. Um, uh, I wish I could say it's only going to get better from here, and it will for a slight second. However, it will at some point. At some point, it's going to dip down to the bottom we're gonna, of the depths of entertainment. We're going to really question our like our beliefs and our like. We're going to have to do some soul searching at some point here soon. Man, the amazing Spider-Man movies are just not good. I know. I'm 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 actively fearing having no. Like I remember them being bad, but I haven't sat down and like watched through the full thing and since I think it came out. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign. I think I saw I never saw Amazing Theaters. My like I remember when it came out, my dad and my brother wanted to go see it and they asked me to go see it. I was like, mm, not very interested in that whatsoever. <laughs> I, I could have really done something cool with it, man, and then they just really didn't at all. I think you and I saw Amazing Spider Man two together. For the first Probably. time, like in theaters. I saw Amazing Spider-Man, the first one with the fam, and then... I think you and me <sighs> saw the second one, and it was big, big duty. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. We'll have to deal with it when it gets there. I, for now, we have time to enjoy these movies. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Blue Milk Boys. Hopefully, uh, Fredo will be back next week to talk some Spider-Man 2 with us. Um, maybe we can like lure him in saying that we won't talk about Star Wars at all. And then once he's here, we'll just like, ah, Star Wars. We'll like scare him. I'm sure he won't. He won't have watched. <laughs> he probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, this is this this little project of ours is kind of like the first step in kind of transforming Blue Milk Boys to, you know, just a hard lockdown Star Wars centered podcast into like a greater variety podcast which appeals to us and i think will appeal to you guys a little more too so we're very excited to be to be going through spider-man um i think the character at an all-time high right now as far as like mass appeal and stuff like that so i think it's the perfect time to to do something like this also um black widow is going to come out and i know that's not a spider-man movie but it is a superhero named after a spider so it's pertinent and it's going to be good for our search engine optimization (laughs) well plus uh What's it called? The um, I can't think. Of, I can't think of it right now. The uh, the movie. Sam Raimi's directing that movie coming out. So, oh yeah, he's gonna be on the Doctor Strange sequel. That's gonna yeah, be exciting. Right. Very very exciting. So we're getting back. a good impression of what that will kind of look like. All right, Spence. Before we go, you got anything? Uh, you got any random shit to get off? Check your chest? out delivering sports. We'll have a mock draft out tomorrow. Well, whenever you. Look. Whenever you listen to this, go check out Delivering Sports because Kevin and I are doing a not mock draft. We're doing a free agency recap. I'm going to do another mock draft so myself. So, oh no, I we'll get to the plugs. But do you have anything like random? Do you talk? About? I know I didn't give you the um, random earlier in the episode, but yeah, it's hard to have random things going on because like nothing's been going on. <laughs> you know, wash your hands. That makes sense. Wash your hands. I guess. Yeah, if that's random. Um, yeah, just stay safe out there, guys. Um, stay in the house if you can. All that stuff. Let's do, let's get rid of do this your, together. Basically. Yeah, play your part. Do your role. Let's uh let's knock this out. And save can, save uh, the future. Save uh, older generations because yeah, they. Can, yeah. I know we we meme on too. the boomers, but they don't deserve to die. It's like even though we we know our age group is at a risk. Like think about you know your fellow man like when you're old you want you know you want the younger generations to not let you die overnight basically yes 
But that's going to do it for this week's episode of Blue Milk Boys. Uh, make sure you guys check us back here next week. We're going to be talking the next episode of Clone Wars. We are also going to be talking about what people call the greatest comic book movie of all time in Spider-Man 2. So very excited to be talking about that next week. Hopefully we get Fredo here. I'm not going to make any promises. Uh, I know, again, he is fighting coronavirus with his bare, bloodied knuckles. So uh, <laughs> if we don't get Fredo on the pod next week, It'll just be me and Spencer hunkering down deeper in our quarantine. But we will be very passionately talking about Spider-Man 2 next week. So that's going to do it for us here uh, remotely. We're not in studio. We're not going to be in studio until all this clears up, I don't think, Spence. What, do you, what is your prognostication on that? Nah, for sure not. I'm not coming back on campus until yeah, it's done. For- I, I recorded my last podcast with Delivering Sports in there. No, dude, it, it- it felt like World War Z kind of like it was like eerie quiet. People always kind people of spooky. already people already treat those studios at UNLV shitty enough. Uh, we don't need to be going there in the midst of a pandemic. I, I should think. post that picture that I sent you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I went in there and it looked like a hurricane. Like that was through insane. that room. Same. Uh, all right. But thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. See you guys. You and me could rule this city, Spider-Man, or we could just eat Cheetos.